0: Hello and welcome to Notes on the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that gives you insights on the markets and economy to help you stay informed for the week ahead. Hello. This is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Funds. Today is May 9th, 2022. In the movies, in order to convey the passage of time, A director will sometimes film a scene as the seasons quickly pass before your eyes. With wistful music playing in the background, the snow melts from trees, buds blossom, leaves rustle in the summer sun, and then turn yellow and red as fall arrives. It all, of course, seems a bit quick, but no doubt the movie has places to go, and hopefully things will settle down for a while and allow the plot to evolve. The current recovery and expansion have proceeded at a similar breakneck pace. Two years ago, we were in a deep economic winter, with the unemployment rate spiking to an 80-year high of 14.7%, and CPI inflation falling to just 0.4% year-over-year. One year ago, it was economic springtime, with the unemployment rate falling to 6% in April of 2021, and inflation climbing to 4.2% year-over-year. Today, we are in high summer, with unemployment at just 3.6% in April, and inflation in March at a 40-year high of 8.6% year-over-year. However, the first signs of economic fall are about to appear, and the question for investors is whether, through good policies or good luck, this fall can be extended, allowing the economy to settle down, and financial markets once again provide positive returns after an ugly start to 2022. The first evidence of economic fall could show up in this week's April CPI report, where we expect modest gains of 0.2% overall and 0.3% excluding food and energy cutting year-over-year headline inflation from 8.6% to 8.1%, and core inflation from 6.4% to 5.8%. There are signs that some of the more transitory parts of inflation are easing, with gasoline prices, used car prices, and global food commodity prices all falling in April. Other areas, such as natural gas prices, continue to climb, partly due to the effects of the war in Ukraine, while airline fares and hotel rates also likely rose. Still, in April, May and June of 2021, CPI inflation averaged over seven-tenths of percent per month, suggesting that further declines in year-over-year inflation are likely in the months ahead. Other signs of economic moderation are likely to materialize soon the April monthly Treasury statement due out on Wednesday should show very strong increases in revenues relative to 2021 and could imply a budget deficit of roughly $1 trillion for the current fiscal year, down very sharply from $2.8 trillion in fiscal 2021 and $3.1 trillion in fiscal 2020. While $1 trillion would still be a huge deficit by historical standards, it would imply a very significant fiscal drag relative to the last two years as pandemic assistance has dried up, Similarly, a very high dollar has contributed to a record-high $1.2 trillion trade deficit in the first quarter, funneling money out of the U.S. economy to buy imports. Finally, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rate hit 5.27% last week, up from just 3.1% at the, start, at the end of last year. This will likely soften demand in the recently red-hot housing market. With all this breaking power being exerted in the US economy, we expect real GDP growth to slow from 5.5% year-over-year in the fourth quarter of 2021 to roughly 2% year-over-year by the fourth quarter of 2022. However, it should be emphasised that it is probably a positive for markets rather than a negative, since the economy has very limited capacity to supply more goods and services. Economic growth at any faster pace would likely keep inflation high and interest rates rising. The long-run growth rate of the U.S. economy can be broken down into two simple variables, the growth in the number of workers and the growth in the output per worker, and data from the last week provided sober messages on both fronts. Although the payroll employment gain for April, at 428,000, was slightly above consensus expectations, other parts of the report emphasized the constraints on U.S. labor supply. In particular, while the number of people claiming to be out of the labor force because of the pandemic fell from 874,000 to 586,000. Even with this, the overall labour force declined by 363,000 and still 537,000 lower than in February 2020 before the pandemic started. This has occurred despite a 12.9% increase in the wages of non-supervisory workers of the same period and largely reflects the ageing of more baby boomers into retirement and a collapse of legal immigration over the course of the pandemic. Net immigration averaged over 1 million people in 2016, fell to just 568,000 in 2019 due to tighter regulations, and fell further to an average of just 361,000 in the two years ended last July. Looking forward, even assuming a partial rebound in immigration to 700,000 people per year, the ageing of the population would imply growth in the population aged 18 to 64 of just one tenth of a percent per year for the rest of this decade. Moreover, while waning pandemic disruptions and higher wages could induce some increase in labor force participation rates, and unemployment could drift down further, a sheer lack of workers is likely to cut monthly payroll job gains to 200000 or less by the end of the year. Longer term, it's hard to see how U.S. employment growth could be sustained above a 0.5% level without a major upward shift in participation rates or immigration. Similarly, much of the productivity surge seen during the pandemic has now dissipated. Last Thursday, the Labor Department reported that productivity in the non-farm business sector had slumped at a five at a seven point five percent annualized rate in the first quarter, and had only risen at an annual rate of one point one percent since the fourth quarter of 2019, not appreciably different from the one percent growth seen in the prior decade. This mirrors a sharp decline in GDP per worker in the first quarter, which has now risen at an annual rate of one point four percent over the past two and quarter years, only modestly better than the nine tenths of percent increase seen. In the prior decade. From a supply-side perspective, these numbers suggest that the economy's long-run speed limit at full employment is probably something below 2% real GDP growth. Right now, it looks like demand growth will sip down to this pace by the end of the year, and with some luck the economy could maintain very low unemployment, slow economic growth, and gradually declining inflation into 2023 and beyond. For fixed-income markets, signs of slowing growth in the months ahead should tame currently very hawkish Fed rhetoric and could limit further surges in long-term interest rates. For equity markets, a slower-growing economy would mean less profit growth, although a prolonged economic expansion could allow for some increase in multiples. For financial markets in general, a period of greater stability with higher interest rates than in recent years could lead to some rebalancing, with more speculative investments falling relative to those with stronger fundamentals. For investors... After the rollercoaster of the last two years, a longer but slower expansion would probably be welcomed. However, a lot still needs to go right for the economy to achieve this soft landing, and investors will be wise to be diversified in case inflation remains too high, growth slows too much, or, at least temporarily, the American economy has to endure both of these evils at the same time. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide